Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Today, we are going to do the art and science of exercise part two. So last week, I just talked about in general, the impacts on longevity uh, uh, for different types of training, for exercise trains, for strength training and for uh, cardiovascular training. So now this week, we're going to go into cardiovascular or what we should really call it cardiorespiratory training. So that's your cardiovascular system and your respiratory system, because obviously breathing is a really important part of it. So um, this is a little bit technical. And uh, for for some people, if you are into uh, your running or some type of, of performance stuff, this may not be um, the best guide for you because there are specific trainings around performance. I'm just talking about training for <clears throat> longevity and for maximizing your cellular and your metabolic health and your health span as well. So let's assume that you have five to six sessions that you can do over the week for exercise. So how would, in an ideal world, you'd split that up? Well, again, that really depends on where you are in terms of your overall health and what your goals are and what stage of life and whether there's sport involved and all these. So there's a lot of complicated variables. But if none of that was a factor, I'd say maybe you'd spend half of your time doing cardiorespiratory training and half doing strength training. Now, you obviously can combine these things, right? So anybody who's doing high-intensity resistance training, think of F45, CrossFit, or any HIT session. You are getting a combination of both of those things, right? And I often train like that, right? So you can mix and match a little bit, but you probably want to do at least one uh, to two dedicated sessions around your overall VO2, uh, your cardiorespiratory fitness, right? Now, there are a number of different mechanisms um, to guide you around that. One is heart rate training. There are pros and cons of heart rate training. And the other is perceived exertion, which I actually really, really like. So heart rate training, the, um, the it's very typically split up into five different zones. Zone one is sort of active recovery slash warm-up, super, super easy. Think of a slow amble, um, just walking around or doing very, very light warm-up. Zone two um, is aerobic base or building your aerobic fitness. And actually, lots of really, really good benefits uh, for your mitochondria. So if we're thinking overall health, longevity, cellular health, zone two training is where you want to spend a fair bit of your time. Now, zone three is often called tempo training, right? And that starts to get challenging. Um, zone four is what is referred to as threshold training, right? So this is around your anaerobic threshold. And then zone five is anaerobic capacity or what they call VO2 max, right? So uh, how do they actually translate to perceived exertion? So perceived exertion is a really useful tool. And it's basically a one to 10 tool. And you can look them up and you can get um, uh, a lowdown on what those are. So zone one training tends to be one to two. It's very, very easy. Zone uh, two training, you get into that three to four of perceived exertion. Um, zone three training, that's getting challenging. That's five to six um, on the perceived exertion. We're starting to get um, to, towards this is getting uncomfortable. Um, zone four 
is is hard on the perceived exertion, and that's kind of seven to eight. And zone five is is your maximum, right? So this is all out. It's nine to ten. Now, a really good sniff test for people to use. I'm going to really focus here on. I think if you were just doing two sessions a week, you would do one session on a zone two training and one session on zone five training, which. By necessity, there's a bit of zone four in that zone five as your heart rate gets up, but we we won't worry about that too much, right? So you want to do some stuff on the aerobic vase, and it's all about your mitochondria and, and gives you good mitochondrial density in your muscles. And actually, recent research showed that it actually helps if you're going to then go and do strength training. It it helps if you do eight weeks of, of aerobic training before you start strength training, it actually maximizes the strength training gains because there are, are, are morphological changes in the muscle that then help the muscle to adapt, right? So that is why this zone two training is really, really helpful, really good for your overall cellular health, and it's critical in your training. Um, zone five training, that's where you're really pushing the needle and you're going to optimize your VO2 max. And I have said before on this podcast, that is one of the biggest predictors of longevity is your VO2 max. So we want to do a bit of both of those. If you have just two sessions, do one of each. Um, If you have more than two sessions, then you mix and match depending on what your goals are and where your training status is at, right? Now, zone two training, a bit more accurately than than heart rate, um, is actually lactate. So it's below two millimoles of lactate. And if you're really into this, you can buy yourself a little lactate meter where you just prick your skin and you can actually check. And if you're cycling on a bike, a stationary bike, then you can really, really easily do that. But for those of us who don't want to go that hard, um, when we're talking about heart rate, right, and I'm going to get into the formula in a second, um, that zone one training is 50 to 60% of your of your maximum heart rate. Zone two is 60 to 70. Zone three, 70 to 80. Zone four, 80 to 90. And, and zone five is 90 to 100. So what about how do I find out what my heart max heart rate is? There are formula um, that are related to your age, right? The oldest one isn't really that accurate. It's 220 your age. You may have heard of that before. There's a number of different ones out there that have been validated. I quite like one that's um, for men, 211 times 0.64 times your age, right? And then women, 206 minus 0.88 times your age. Now, a little caveat on this. That is pretty good for overall populations, but you may be an outlier where your max heart rate is actually quite low or your max heart rate is super high. And I have trained these people before where they their watch was telling them they had to slow down and their age predicted max heart rate was 180 and their actual max heart rate was closer to 220. So sometimes this isn't very good. That's where it comes back to perceived exertion and a real basic sniff test. Zone two is that you could carry out a conversation. So you could actually sit on an exercise bike and be on a phone call for 40 minutes in zone two. You could carry out the conversation, but it would be slightly slight exertion. So the other person on the end would know that you are exercising at a low to moderate level. That is the best sniff test for this. Zone five is, oh shit, I'm going to die. 
right? So that's my non-scientific version of it, but I think it's a very good sniff test, right? So zone two training, um, generally 40 minutes to an hour plus. And again, if you're highly trained or, or you're really fit, you might want to do a bit longer than an hour, but that sort of 30, 40 minutes at a bare minimum of zone, tra- zone two training once or twice a week is going to give you a really good base. And if you're just starting out, I recommend that you do a couple of zone two training sessions a week. As you get a little bit fitter, then you're going to want to increase your VO2 max. So I've got three different options for VO2 max training, right? So one of them is around, um, they're all about interval training, as you can imagine, because you can't hold this on for very long. So one of them is the classic three to four minute intervals, three to four minute recovery, three to four sets, right? So at the minimum, that's three minute work, three minute recovery, three minute work, three minute recovery, three minute work. So that's 15 minutes in total after you've done a little bit of a warm-up. And actually on zone two, you don't really need to do a warm-up, to be honest, right? So that's going to take you a minimum of 15 minutes. If you were doing four intervals of four sets um, at four minutes, four-minute recovery, that is going to take you 28 minutes because you'll have seven of you have four work um, intervals and then three rest intervals in between. So this is 15 to 28 minutes but it's hard, right? So by the end, you should be almost steady state. You're going as hard as you possibly can to be able to sustain that for three to four minutes, right? Uh, and, And so it is quite hard, particularly in the end, in the last minute, it is hard and that's where you're going to need that recovery. Now you can do that on an exercise bike. You can do it when you're running and um, you can do it on a rower. You can do it on a cross trainer, right? And and those things can give you a bit of a guide. So on your bike, if, if it's a technical bike, you can say, hey, I'm going to keep it at a certain amount of watts. And um, if it's the rower, I know my um, 500 meter pace that I can sustain that at. Or if I'm out running on the flat, I kind of know what my one kilometer pace or whatever that is, right? So that will give you a guide and that's sort of steady state, but it's hard. That's the key thing. So the next option is my kind of personal preference. And just because I like to do it on either a Versa climber or a rowing machine, which I, I have both of. And that is where you do 30 to 60 seconds of work. So you are busted flat chat, right? As hard as you possibly can. And it's really frigging hard. You do 30 to 60 seconds of work and 30 to 90 seconds of recovery. So at really that that recovery time depends on how hard you go and how fit you actually are. I like to do 30 seconds on, 30 seconds recovery, right? Uh, and then you repeat that for any to anywhere between six to 10 sprints. But these are max all out efforts. Now, if you're not that fit, you're going to need more of a rest than a work. So you might do a one to two work rest ratio. So on for 30 seconds, recover for a minute. And in that minute recovery, don't do nothing. Just go really, really slowly, right? So you're just focusing on getting your breath back and it is bloody uncomfortable. So looking at six to 10 sprints of that, the beauty of that is it's over super, super quickly, right? You can do that workout in 10 minutes or less, and sometimes a little bit more if your recovery is longer. Then the third option that you have is to go have one minute max efforts. 
So the longer those max efforts, that one minute, you're probably going to need a little bit more recovery. And this is where you might drop right down to zone two and you do two to three minutes of that recovery. Then you go one minute max effort, two to three minutes recovery. That longer recovery going to three minutes means you're going to be able to do more of those. So it really all depends on how much time you have. If you're really time pressed, then do that short um, 30 second sprint um, and and one to one or one to two work rest rest ratio. You're going to be done in 15 minutes or less. The other one, those intervals, is going to take you between um, 15 and 28 minutes. So 15 minutes to half an hour if you're doing the three to four minute interval, three to four minute recovery, three to four sets. And then the last one is that um, one minute max effort and then two to three minutes in zone two. And you just repeat it for however much time you have. You might do up to 10 of those max efforts. And that's going to take you a fair bit of time, more than half an hour. Um, probably, um, well, depending on, on whether you're doing a two or a three minute recovery. So hopefully that's clear as mud for everybody. Um, so let's just sum it up again. Um, so zone two training, talk test, right? Perceived exertion, three to four. I can carry on a conversation but the other person would know that I'm exercising. You want to do at least one of those a week. And if you're just starting out, um, do two of those a week. And then you want to have at least one session a week, especially when once you get a little bit of a base um, of doing that VO2 max session. And you can do either the 30-second work, 30 to 6 and 6 seconds recovery, do 6 to 10 of those sprints. If you've got longer time, it's your 3 to 4, 3 to 4, 3 to 4, 3 to 4. Um, three to four intervals, three to four recovery, three to four sets. And then the other one is the one minute max effort and two to three minutes back down into that zone two for to get that full recovery, which will allow you to do a bit more of those max efforts. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a guide around doing it. And like you don't need a bit of equipment. You can just go out and do this in the street. You can be jogging in the street or or whatever or, or on a, a soccer pitch or a footy oval or wherever. That is the beauty of this is you actually don't need any equipment. But if you do have some of those equipment that particularly have the metrics, then you can get a little bit more scientific around it. And you can then see how you're improving, right? So you might improve your run pace, improve the amount of watts on the bike that you can sustain or improve your 500 meter pace on the rower or on the cross trainer. And that will give you feedback that what you're doing is making a difference, which is really, really important. So I do encourage you to try and get some sort of a measurement because you need to know that you're improving. And if you are not that fit, wait till you see how quickly you improve. That is the beauty of it. And the best gain in your longevity, remember, is going from the lowest level of fitness to below average. But then for every increased category, there are um, a, a lockstep improvement um, in your overall health span and lifespan. So it's the dose response. More of it is better up to a point. And we will talk about that at some stage. That's it for this week. Catch you next time when we're going to talk about strength and hypertrophy training.
If you enjoyed today's episode and you think somebody else might benefit from it, uh, just share the episode with them. The other thing you can do to support the podcast is leave us a review because they really help. Catch you next time.